0: Thank you for joining us at the Who Told You That podcast. Now, normally, as you know, if you're a regular listener, there are two of us here. Today, Tessa's tech is proving a little bit annoying. So rather than have another week go past without an episode, I decided that I would tackle a question that a listener had sent in to us. I thought it was a great question, and this is just an ideal opportunity to address it. Alan Wynn asked, Could you just review what a scientific article is and what you mean by journal? Sometimes we're in the flow of a great conversation, Tessa and myself, and a little term will come out of my mouth and I'll be thinking, ooh, not sure if everybody knows that, but the flow of the conversation is such that I don't want to stop. This is just a great opportunity then to go back and revisit a couple of things that perhaps, with hindsight, I should have given a little bit more explanation to. I think the best way to answer Alan's questions are to think about, from start to finish, how the science sausage is made. Once upon a time, science was mostly carried out, or at least the science that we know about, was carried out by what were called gentlemen scientists. These scientists either came from rich families or had rich benefactors supporting their science. So, people like Benjamin Franklin, Charles Darwin, they were carrying out their science because they had the money to do it. They weren't having to go to governments or pharmaceutical companies to get the funding for their experiments. Today, nobody's really funding their own scientific exploits. And in fact, here's the first hurdle in science. If you come up with a great idea, a great piece of research that you want to carry out, you have to present that idea to an organisation and hopefully persuade them that your research is interesting, it's relevant, it's going to add to the scientific knowledge base of the world and hope that the funding body, like a government, pharmaceutical company or a university even, are going to give you the money to carry out that research. And you might think that your research project is the most interesting thing in the entire world. But if you can't persuade one of those funding bodies to give you money, then your research is never going to get off the ground. But okay, you've jumped over that hurdle. A pharmaceutical company says, oh, yes, yes, we'd love to see what you can come up with in your study. So you carry out your study. And when I say you, it's you usually plus a few others. Again, very few people are working independently these days. So we've got a group of scientists working together, carrying out experiments, collecting the data that results from those experiments. So our scientists are going to write this all up in what we call an article. They're going to include a method section, which just describes how they did everything that they did so that people can read this. And if they want to carry out the same experiments, they would know how to do it. It's kind of like a recipe. Then they're going to put everything thing that they discovered that they measured into a results section most of the research that we're interested in with respect to the tiktok videos that we're looking at is going to be what we call quantitative where there are numbers bits of data collected that we can quantify that we can measure that's not the only kind of scientific experimentation that's carried out there are qualitative studies that are done For instance, in the fields of psychology and sociology, those researchers may be looking at how people feel about certain things. That's not very measurable, so we call that qualitative research. We're interested in the quality of what people think. So in our research papers now, we've got our methods section, we've got our results section, which for us is typically going to be full of numbers, full of data, and that's going to be what we call quantitative research. In the final section of the article... Oh, and by the way, I should possibly mention that article, paper, these terms are used interchangeably. This is where our scientists get a little bit excited. They're taking the data that they just mentioned very straightforwardly and matter-of-factly in the results section, and now our scientists are going, hey, we found this, and this is what we think it might mean. Oftentimes in a discussion section, scientists will discuss their data versus data that other scientists have collected and see if the data matches, supports the data collected by previous scientists, or whether perhaps it's telling a different story. In this section, scientists might also say, in light of the data, the numbers that we've collected here's where we think we ought to go next, here's the type of experiment that we ought to carry out next. So it's the section where we allow them to have some blue sky thinking. Oh, one last thing we ought to mention, right at the end of your paper, you will have to write about any potential conflicts of interest that you have. And the reason for this is so that when people read your paper, read your article, and your article happens to say, Gatorade is marvellous, we should all be drinking it all the time, if it turns out that the research was funded by Gatorade, or the company that makes Gatorade, mm, we're going to take that research with a pinch of salt. So ideally, when you look at a paper, you read it, you love it, you find it super interesting and compelling, you're hoping that at the end, it's going to say, conflict of interest, and it will list none. Now our scientists want to get this out to the world because, you know, we're super happy about what we've discovered if we're part of that group of scientists and we want the world to know. So we are going to submit it to a journal. A journal is like a monthly magazine, but for scientists. But these journals are super specific, like different magazines appeal to different audiences. There are different journals for different flavours of science. So there might be a cardiology journal, which all our heart surgeons are going to be reading. Journal of Neuroscience is a very famous journal, which is all to do with science of the nervous system. What is it that makes it a journal, a scientific journal, rather than a magazine? Well, it's that to get your paper, your article published in a scientific journal, it's going to be read, digested, and ultimately, if it's going to be published, it's going to have to be approved by an editorial board, a group of people who are considered to be your peers. And by that, we don't mean that they are the same age as you, and if you like swimming, they like swimming too. We mean that they are scientifically your peers. So if you have submitted a paper, an article, for publication to this journal, and it's all about what happens to the heart during exercise, then the people who read your paper to decide whether it's good enough for publication, they are going to be people who have a pedigree, who have a background in the same field of research. So in other words, in that instance, these are people who have published successfully papers to do with the actions of the heart during exercise. They won't be super brilliant neuroscientists. They won't be super brilliant physicists. They will be people who have the similar background to you. They work in the same area of research as you. And if they decide that your research was well carried out, you had well organised methods, you were really measuring what you said you were measuring, if they decide that your data has something to tell the world, then woohoo, you're going to get published. They might look at your paper and go, yeah, well, it was well carried out research, but there's a bit of a meh. Who really cares what you found out? It's not particularly interesting. Then you're going to get a rejection. So you could be rejected because your work's not up to standard or you could be rejected just because the editorial board of your peers decides your work's not very interesting it's not really adding to the scientific knowledge of the world this system works pretty well Having a group of peers review your work means that hopefully your work is of a high standard when it gets published, so that when we read these journal articles, we can know that experts in the field have reviewed this article and have considered it to be well-done research and meaningful research. It's not a perfect system. Sometimes, I hate to say it, scientists fake their data. The best example of this is Andrew Wakefield, who it turned out faked his data for the now infamous study that suggested that the MMR vaccine was responsible for causing autism. And we know that that's had huge consequences for people's attitudes towards the MMR vaccine. Although we now have studies that involve millions of children that show there is no link between autism and the MMR vaccine, that very early study, now withdrawn from the scientific literature because it was admitted that the data was faked and Andrew Wakefield has had his medical qualification removed, because that study came out first, for many people in their minds there is still a potential link between the MMR vaccine and autism. When scientists therefore choose to behave dishonestly, we hope that their peers, when reviewing the paper, will detect that. And most of the time they will, but unfortunately sometimes that doesn't happen. One thing I'd like to mention though before we finish and that's something that happened in the pandemic. Early on in the pandemic we didn't know very much about Covid. We didn't know what treatments were working. We didn't really understand the virus. We wanted our scientists all over the world to be cooperating. We needed our scientists to pool their information. Normally the process to get a paper published takes months upon months. It can be six months before a paper that you've submitted to a journal for publication actually gets approval. So this is the one time I can think of when in actual fact scientists were allowed to or encouraged to publish work without it going through this process. They were putting it out via the internet in a preliminary form saying this work has not been through the peer review process, but we accepted that at that point it was really important to get those individual pieces of information together as quickly as possible to try and get a handle on the virus. I'm going to stop jabbering away now. If there are any more questions that come from this or any other questions ever, get in touch. We love to hear from you. And Tess will be back in our next episode when we're going to talk about the merits or otherwise of jumping into very cold water. Thanks for hanging out with me. I always appreciate it. Have a lovely, lovely day.